0: Welcome into to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you alongside my co-host, NFL safety, J.J. Wilcox. And J.J., we're in the final four of the NFL. We got the Niners, we have the Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, and we just wrapped up the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and a couple of really good games, a couple of lopsided affairs. We're going to get into... These games on the podcast kind of share some takeaways. But first things first, brother, how you doing on this Tuesday afternoon?
1: All right, what's going on, man? I'm doing pretty well. Oh, I'm a little disappointed and hurt, man. My Cowboys, who I was expecting, I brought all my Cowboys to get out of the closet and had all my Cowboys fans. My neighbor's a San Fran fan, so I've been texting him back and forth and, and whatnot. But
0: overall, I'm good. Just a little bit of hurt that my
1: Cowboys did not get it finished, but overall, I'm blessed. How about you?
0: I'm in the same boat, brother. We talked about it. You know, not the best I could be with the Cowboys loss, but you know what? Unfortunately, it's a cycle that just continues on, JJ. So, you know, life goes on. The Cowboys can get the job done, let us down again. But the good news is we still have football. We have two big games coming up on Sunday. We're going to get into those right here on this podcast. But I want to go through each of these divisional round games, JJ, and I want to hear some of your thoughts. I'll share some of mine. We'll start on Saturday. The first game was the Chiefs, number one seed against the number four seed Jacksonville. Now the Jaguars, they were my upset pick. And I have to tell you what, JJ, if you watch that game, you can't yeah. tell me that the Jaguars didn't have all these opportunities to win that game, especially after Mahomes went down with that high ankle sprain. He exited the game. And then it was just backbreaking for them when Chad Henney enters the ball game and drives the ball 98 yards (laughs) and scores a touchdown. And that's a moment, if you're the Jaguars, you have to take advantage of having a backup quarterback in there. Hey, they have to drive the length of the field. The Jaguars had every advantage. But Henney was ready. You have to give credit to the veteran. He stepped in there, operated Andy Reid's offense to the best of his ability. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, J.J. Lawrence, missed a couple of throws. He had a couple of... Really sensational throws down the field, including that one of Christian Kirk that Kirk didn't come down with. And so you look at a couple of those pivotal plays, J.J., and yeah. the Jaguars might have just been able to sneak that upset. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. Um, anytime you have an opportunity where your uh, quality uh, franchise quarterback goes out, it's a, it's a time to sit back with your ears pinned back and and some play some good ball, which Jacksonville did. Like I say, like you say, uh, Lawrence missed a couple of throws here and there. But the stretch of the wave, this stretch of the season and this playoffs these critical situations, those are the throws you gotta have and, and the plays you gotta make. So those plays, you know, the plays they'll look back over and grow from. But to actually have a chance to get that far as they did, to be as close as they were, I know they're going to look back at that in, a, in a disappointment. But overall, man, Jacksonville played tough defense. Their D-line did a great job of making it hard for Mahomes. Uh, they did a good job of Ken Kelsey. But like I say, Kelsey just tends to find a way, man, to, to get open and leak out. I see now they use him more to kind of block, 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 and then, you know, delay out of the flats. But Jacksonville put up a, a better game than I expected. Uh, the Mahomes situation was very scary for my pick in the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and uh, they did some great things, Kansas City did, to get a win. But yeah, Jacksonville had an opportunity and played some great ball as well.
0: Travis Kelsey, I think he had like 14 or 15 catches and no more Tyreek Hill in that offense. But Travis Kelsey certainly has proven once again why he's... Amongst the elite tight ends to play in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. That connection just continues to live on for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes, despite that injury, he comes back in the second half. 22 of 30, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Kansas City, JJ. And I think this was really the defining moment for the Chiefs. And why they were able to pull out this game. Was they finally got that rushing attack going. They rushed 30 times, 144 yards. And you have to give an immense amount of credit to their rookie seventh-round running back, Isaiah Pacheco. I know we've talked a lot about Jarek McKinnon, who's been big for them this season. But Pacheco, 95 yards, 12 rush attempts, seventh-round pick out of Rutgers. And when you have a running back that runs angry the way he does, it brings another physicality element to that Kansas City offense. And, of course, give a lot of credit to the KC offensive (laughs) line. They were able to handle that Jacksonville pass rush, I talked about that last week. I said the only way Jacksonville can pull this upset is if Josh Allen, Chavon Walker, Arden Key can get to Patrick Mahomes, but to Kansas City's credit, they kept that pass rush in check, and they're able to keep Mahomes standing upright for a majority of that second half.
1: Yeah, um, what I was about to say was it's interesting to see how Kansas City – can make adjustable, make adjustments and, and and audibles within the within the, the, the game, and I think that was key and that was crucial to Kansas City's success and their win overall. Because at the end of the day, we knew Mahomes was limited with the ankle injury. He couldn't push off the back foot. He can't make the throws that he does. We know Mahomes is his legs is just as important as his arms. And and to get in there and to play smash-mouth football, the one way to beat the pass rush is to run straight at it. And that's what uh, Kansas City Chiefs did. They did a good job of that. Uh, they used what they had, and the 7 round pick did a good job of maximizing his opportunity. Jared was kind of a—you know, we know Jared's kind of a switch knife, uh, coming out the backfield, mismatch, and doing different things as well, run after catch. But um, Isaiah did a great job of of, of 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 running between the tackles, running outside of the tackles, um, running, making yards after the first point of contact, and and, and sorts like that. So those extra hidden yardage was the uh, was the victory for the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Let's not forget that Jamal Agnew fumble in the red zone, J.J. I think that really was the backbreaker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had an opportunity to score a touchdown. He fumbles, and then Trevor Lawrence's fourth-quarter interception sealed the yeah. Jaguars' fate. The final was 27-20. The Chiefs winning that game, going to a fifth, consecutive AFC championship. Talk about a dynasty that continues to brew in Kansas City. But let's go ahead and turn the page to the nightcap, JJ. This one was an Mm -hmm. absolute blowout on Saturday night. The number one seed Philadelphia Eagles showcasing why. They were the best team all season long. Jalen Hurts finally fully healthy. I talked about Lane Johnson and his presence. I believe both of us picked the Eagles to win this game. I had it closer, 29-24, but the Eagles, JJ, 28-0 by halftime, cruised to a 38-7 dominant victory over the New York Giants. And Jalen Hurts, 16-24, of 24, 154 yards, two touchdowns, 34 yards, and a score on the ground. Talk about efficiency. Jalen Hurts. And then when you can rack up 268 rushing yards and three touchdowns on the ground against the Giants, I mean, Philadelphia, talk about smash mouth football. That's exactly (coughs) what they did to Brian DeBall's team.
1: Yep, exactly. And um, I don't know if you remember, Ike, but I remember I told you a couple, I mean, last week and a couple weeks before, you know, running the ball right now is going to be crucial. A team that can run and the team that can stop the run is a team that's going to be victory. And that's exactly what Philly did. You know, they didn't hesitate. They came out of the gates. I was thinking them to come out a little slower due to the bye week. But they came out. They stuck to the plan, which is run the football, play action off of it, utilize getting Jalen Hurts out of the pocket here and there, and let the guys be the guys. And they have the guys to win the one-on-one matchups. And they have the O-line to run at you. And to also set back in the past as well and use the RPO as well, too. So Philly did a good job of sticking to their game plan, not getting off the hook, not trying to do anything different. And it was just a little too much for the Giants. I think the Giants, uh, we got to give them a lot of praise from the way they turned their season around from last year to now. They're in a great spot. Um, Saquon did a great job of running the ball. Uh, Daniel Jones did very well as well. Um, and like I say, I think a little bit more help on the outside to help those guys um, and uh, getting down the stretch and the near future. So my um, hat's off to Philly and the Giants as well, their defense, and their offense did a great job throughout the year. And um, it's going to be a great game to see next week. this week coming up.
0: Yeah, the Giants, no doubt, they over-exceeded expectations. Nobody expected them to get to the playoffs. And not only did they get there, but they won a playoff game at Minnesota, knocking off the number three seed Minnesota Vikings on the road. But I just want to give a special shout-out to that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line for paving the lane. 268 yards on the ground, Jordan Mayata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Ciamalo, and Lane Johnson talked about his return. But the way Jason Kelsey is still dominating right now at his age, a veteran opening up the lanes for Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell and that Philadelphia offense, they're firing on all cylinders and there's certainly going to be a handful for the San Francisco 49ers to deal with on Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be one of the best games. Uh, I'm excited to see. Uh, we know what San Fran can do D-line and, and defensively, and we know what Philly can do offensively. So uh, like I said, it's the team that's going to be able to run the ball, stop the ball, get turnovers, and, um, and get off the field on third down and complete third down is going to win this game. So I'm excited. Um, I, I got my picks and things in order, so um, it's be interesting to see this um, this this Sunday.
0: All right, JJ Wilcox, you know you're teasing it a little bit for the listeners. <laughs> don't don't uh, reveal your cards just yet. We're not uh, on Championship Sunday just yet, but we have a couple more games, yeah. JJ, that we're gonna recap here on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised. By the way, Cincinnati dominated the Buffalo Bills 27-10. And from the opening snap, JJ, the Buffalo Bills just looked out of it. The Bengals were the more physical team. It was snowing. The Bills had their home field. All the elements that they're used to over there at Orchard Park. Everything looked like it was setting up nicely for the Buffalo Bills in pregame. You had the extra energy, the boost. The fans over there we know are crazy But Joe Burrow said, not so fast. As Lee Corso says, 23 of 36, 242 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, five catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. And the Bengals, they flustered Josh Allen for most of the game. Limiting Stephon Diggs to just 35 yards on four catches. Allen, 25 of 42, 265 yards, one interception. JJ, 172 rush yards for the Bengals on the ground. And that was an offensive line that was down three starters. No Jonah Williams, no Alex Kaplan. Of course, you want to go back to when they lost Lyle Collins. They had Jackson Carmen starting at left tackle, his first start at tackle since entering the NFL from Clemson. They just outright showed up, stomped on the Bills on their home turf, embarrassed them, and really gave them no opportunity to get close in this game.
1: Yeah, they basically came
0: out and played Buffalo style of football in Buffalo in the
1: weather and just brought it to them. That game was simply won up front from the O-linemen of Cincinnati controlling the line of scrimmage and then also defensive linemen getting after uh, Josh Allen. So that game was basically won in the trenches, which was the weakness part for Cincinnati. And that's why I had Buffalo to actually win due to the fact that they had more control up front. But it was a totally flip-flop. Cincinnati knew what they did and that that kid, Joe Burrow, man, is, is something special. I hope uh, our fans and listeners are watching greatness here because this guy here's demeanor. Uh, this guy had where he's goes about uh, taking the, taking the field and his confidence is, is skyrocketed and is showing. And, um, and it's just a hat off to that team the way they've done over the last few weeks, turned around, um, blocking out the noise. And like Joe Burrow would say, send those refunds back, baby, because Cincinnati is is, is his business and ready to play ball.
0: Yeah, I've talked with a lot of players from that Bengals locker room, recently interviewed DJ Reader over the off season and talked to him about Joe Burrow and how he's just earned the respect of the locker room. And DJ Reader's like, Man, this guy, as long as he's the quarterback in Cincinnati it is just a hot spot for a lot of players wanting to go play over there. When you have a quarterback to his elite status, a guy that doesn't crumble in pressure, the poise he plays with, the confidence he plays with, you just know that when number nine takes the field, it doesn't matter if it's the first minute of the game or the last minute of the game. There's just the utmost confidence in Burrow, in that offense, to get the job done. And man, did they showcase that again on Sunday. Just absolute massacring the Buffalo Bills, throttling them in every phase of the game. It was just as dominant as a playoff performance in the divisional round that I've seen in quite a while. Of course, you talk about the Eagles and the Giants, but I think a lot of people expected that one just because the talent deficiency from the Giants to the Eagles was a little bit bigger than the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. A lot of people had the Bills going all the way to the Super Bowl. But the Bengals obviously played with that chip on their shoulder, and mm-hmm. they got the job done, routing them 27-10. to 10. Now the final divisional round playoff game, the one that hurts the most, J.J., the Dallas Cowboys losing to the San Francisco 49ers on the road, 19-12, to 12, a low-scoring game, which you and I, we had both expected this one to at least get to the mid-20s last week. But this was a low-scoring affair, a defensive struggle, Credit the Dallas defense, JJ. I mean, they did their job. They went out there. They stonewalled Brock Purdy. They limited Christian McCaffrey. They limited Debo Samuel. He didn't do much other than that crazy one-handed catch over the middle. George Kittle was pretty much kept in check as well. And when you can keep those all-pro players limited and you still can't win the game because your offense can't score more than 12 points, I don't know what else to say.
1: Yeah, um, like I say, it was good for as defensively game, but offensively for Dallas, you know, it was just lacking. Um, it was it was kind of, you know, slow to come out. The run game was non-existent at all. Um, in order to play a team like the San Francisco, when they have uh, zone zone cover three base defense behind you, you got to be able to find ways to attack it. And when Parlin went down, I knew it was going to be a scarce, but I knew Zeke Elliott, what he can do and the type of player he is, that it was a time and opportunity for to step up, at, you know, and it just didn't happen and, and Dak as well. So um, just offensively for Dallas, it was just a disappointing day when they had an opportunity to win this game and get the league and do different things as well. So my hat is off definitely to that Dallas Cowboys defense. And my hat is off to San Fran. They came out and played a good game. They did what they had to do to get the win. You know, Brock Party, uh, Birdie had 19 for 29 for 214 yards. The rushing game with you know Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, Jeffrey was totaled for 113, while Dallas Cowboys on the total were 76 yards. So um, it's it's a lot that we can get into detail about that. But I think defensively, that was a defensively smash-mouth football game. I mentioned that last week, and the team who came out and ran the ball and brought it to the team, of the opponent was going to win. And that's what San Fran did.
0: And the thing is, J.J., is that the Cowboys kept that ground game in check of the San Francisco 49ers all the way until the fourth quarter. They gave the offense of the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott an opportunity to win this game, especially late in the game. Three and a half minutes left, a couple of timeouts. Dak Prescott and the offense had a chance to go down the field and tie the game in crunch time, and they just did not get the job done. Fred Warner and Lenore came away with the interceptions of the 49ers. They finished plus one in the turnover margin. San Francisco is now 15-0 and this season when it wins or ties the turnover battle. Dallas yep. finished with just 282 yards of offense, 4.7 yards per play, 5 of 15 on third down, JJ. There is your reason as to yep. why that offense could not establish anything. When you can't convert third downs, 5 of 15, You can't stay on the field. The Dallas defense kind of ran out of gas there in the fourth quarter, and that's when San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan started dialing up the inside zone. You saw Christian McCaffrey starting to get four or five yards. Elijah Mitchell started to break away on some of those eight to ten-yard runs. And next thing you know, Dallas Cowboys, they're buried in the ground yet again.
1: Yeah, you got to find out a way to, make, to finish those and complete those third down and keep the drive moving. Not only is it momentum, but it also give you time for your defense to rest up. I seen San Fran, they, they figured out a way to kind of hit it, link up across the middle of the field and do some things, uh, run into, like you say, inside, outside zone and mix it up. And, and that's what they did. You know, they capitalized on defense being on the field more than the offense in a sense and, and completed on third down. So, um, like I said, a team that's gonna, that can complete the third downs is going to be a team that's going to, you know, find a, find a W in the win column. I mean, getting, getting off and getting off on third down. It's crucial um, in this time of play right now. So um, for all the reasons that you elaborated, that is, that is totally correct. And, um, yeah, you know, San Fran just played a complete game.
0: Really quick, J.J., if you eliminate those two interceptions thrown by Dak Prescott and you have more efficient of a run game, you think Dallas wins that game? I do. I do. I think Dallas, if Tony doesn't
1: go down, um, that give they give Dallas a little more, a little bit more in the rushing game. Um, actually actual extra whipping outside of C.D. Lamb and and, and Zeke Elliott. I think those guys found a way. Cause the way because the second interception with Fred Warner, they was actually driving down the field and a sort to maybe put up points, and that that might have been a difference in them actually taking the lead and doing different things. So I definitely think. Uh, if, if the two turnovers wasn't an issue, and like I say, the injury of Tony Pollard when it, when it wasn't didn't go the way it did, I think Dallas would have found a way to pull it off.
0: Well, unfortunately, turnovers were a major issue for Dak Prescott since he returned from that injury earlier this season, and. He's going to have to clean those up, JJ. They're going to have to have some more weapons. I think at this point we know what Dak's ceiling is as a quarterback. I don't think he's a type of Burrow, Mahomes quarterback that can elevate his team around him. He just can't. You need to add more of a run game. You have to beef up the O-line, get him a number two wide receiver that can be more productive but Mm -hmm. again another disappointing end to the Dallas Cowboys season but JJ and I I think we both know that just another year another disappointment the cycle continues on and that's the way it is life goes on and now we're going to get into championship Sunday JJ and I'm really looking forward to these two games this time we're going to have the NFC game first last Sunday we had the AFC game first in the NFC so we're going to see the Niners and the Eagles Take the field at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Two of the most dominant teams in the NFC meeting with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Super Bowl, of course, is in Arizona this year. Super Bowl 57. Niners and Eagles haven't faced each other this season, so it's a clean slate for each side entering this contest. Now, it's intriguing, JJ, because you know the Niners and the Eagles. We just talked about it a couple of moments ago on the podcast. Both of these teams, their DNA is running the ball. And both of these teams, I believe, have two of the best offensive lines in the NFL. With the Niners, Trent Williams, the best tackle in the game. And then you look at the Eagles, Lane Johnson, who's the best right tackle in the game. And so you get to see both of those guys in action in the same game. I got to say, it's going to be a really interesting game and a game where you're going to see Two offensive-minded head coaches in Nick Sirianni and Kyle Shanahan. Which coach is going to be able to outsmart the opposing defense because both of these defenses have the ability to not only stop the run, but to generate a very good pass rush?
1: Yeah, uh, these teams both get get after the pass rush and can stop the run. Uh, that's something that's going to be crucial down this stretch. Um, I do think Philly has maybe a little bit more skill set at the receiver position than San Fran does on the outside corner. Now, I'm not even going to say the whole secondary because Gibson is playing some great balls. Shout out to him, uh, the veteran safety. And Jimmy Ward is just a, 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 a lack of all trades, man. He can do everything. He's in the slot. He's playing nickel corner. He can go play free safety. And, and Tua uh, uh, Funga, man, and he's doing great. I, I spoke about him earlier this year as well, too. So their defensive secondary isn't. Limited, I don't want fans or or people to think that I'm saying that, but I think outside when it comes to um, just the receiving core with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Zach Pascal, and those guys, I think they have a little bit more firepower out wide at the X and Z position to maybe to help as well. And they have a two-running back tandem that does. And also I say three-running back because you have the uh, count Hurts as well too. Um, So uh, I think the team that, that can stop the run, physically um, and it can stretch the ball vertically down the field outside and, 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 and lighten up the box a little bit, it's a team that's going to find victory in this in, in this, this matchup.
0: And here's why, J.J., I'm actually going to go with the Eagles to win this game mm-hmm. is because I think Brock Purdy showed that, you know, he's not on that level yet. He's a seventh-round pick. The Cowboys made him look like an average Joe out there for most of the game. I mean, you flustered him. You took away a couple of those short dump-off passes, those RPOs that Mm -hmm. Micah Parsons was covering up and those quick screens, and you saw him get a little bit deer-in-the-headlights-like against the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, credit Brock Purdy. He did make some throws when he needed to make them, and what he's done this year has been nothing short of sensational. But this is a league also, J.J., where when you have a better quarterback, chances are you're going to get the win. And especially when you're playing on your home field, in front of your home fans, Jalen Hurts has been that guy this season. And he showcased that, hey, coming back from that injury, he didn't show any signs of rust. Now, he's going to have that tall task against the San Francisco 49ers front seven that features Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. And, man, those two linebackers, Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw for San Francisco they are fun to watch. Sideline to sideline linebackers that can not only be physical in the trenches, but they can also cover like safeties, JJ. We yeah. saw Fred Warner run up the scene with CeeDee Lamb in coverage on Sunday. And so when you have those type of linebackers, man, it makes Demeco Ryan's job a lot easier going up against the dynamic Philadelphia offense that. Features a lot of that misdirection, RPOs, and run right up the middle, tossing it to the outside, and you have a trio of backs that they're they're rotating them throughout the game, keeping each other fresh. Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. Gainwell, Boston Scott. I just think, J.J., the Eagles are going to be a little bit too much while that Niners defense yeah. is going to stick it to them. They're going to hold their ground, but at the end, in the fourth quarter, I just feel like Jalen Hurts, this Philly rushing attack, They'll wear down San Francisco. They'll be able to rattle Purdy because this is an Eagles front seven, J.J., that has tallied more than 70-plus sacks this season. They once again got after Daniel Jones, sacking him, I think, three or four times, pressured him 15 times. They're constantly in the backfield. Josh Wett, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. Give me the Eagles here. I think they run away with this one in the fourth quarter, 27-20. I expect it to be close, but I'll take Hurts over Brock Purdy.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Philly as well. Um, I, think they're, I think they're on a mission. I think they've been knocked off you know, one or two times due to some mishaps here and there. But like you say, man, Jalen Hurts is on a different level. He showed day in and day out. He can go on a roll. He can do it home. That he's on a mission. And he's right now is probably the front runner for the MVP because he's done what since day one of the season to now – and he's only got better, and he's only going to get better, and the people around him, they are getting better. You know, uh, Philadelphia defense, I um, want to say, quite frankly, it's probably, other than San Fran, it's probably one of the top defenses in the league when it comes to the front seven. I like what San Fran can do as far as the linebacker core. That You know, it gives you, when your linebacker can run down the field like a DB and still stop the run as a linebacker, it gives you so many weapons and different ways to attack the offense uh, of Philly's. But like I say, man, Philly's just loaded up. I think they're on the Arizona mission. They on the mission. They're not playing any games. They're coming out. They're beating you, uh, physical and uh, at, um, and um, passive as well too. So and I think Jalen Hurts, his, his wheels is, is underestimated as well. Uh, he was one of the top rushing uh, quarterbacks, um, like I say, this season, last season as well too. So I think you know his legs. And the weapons that he has is gonna just be a little too much for 49ers. And let's not forget, man, Brock or Purdy is still a rookie. You know, um as as no I mean, no matter how many games you play um this season, it's you're still a rookie. You still haven't seen a lot. You're still trying to learn as you grow as well too. And um I think just the inexperience of him, um, and the the total offense and the defense that the Philly has a complete team right now, I think Philadelphia pulls it off.
0: Yeah, and I think the one playmaker that'll make a The difference here for the Eagles is that safety, who is also very versatile in his own right, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who was a ball hawk this season, missed time, six interceptions. I have a feeling he's going to come up with a big turnover in the second half that will swing this game. Philadelphia, they're on another level right now. The Lincoln Mm. financial field is rocking every single weekend, and that will be enough to kind of rattle Purdy a little bit, and the Eagles will come out on top. Give me a score, JJ. You're taking the Eagles, but what's your score prediction?
1: Uh, give me 30-20. I feel like uh, that's enough points far as offensively. I feel like they're going to find some way down the stretch. I feel like Uh, Philadelphia's going to get 30, but I feel like it's going to be towards the end of the game. Um, Early on, it's going to be a tight game, but I feel like Philly's going to make some adjustments in the second half, find a way to limit Brock Purdy to get to spreading the ball around, stop the run of San Fran, and towards the back end, they're going to pull away. So give me 30-20.
0: The AFC Championship Hmm. game, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. The number three seed, Cincinnati Bengals, taking on the number one seed, Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals and Chiefs are going to renew their fast-growing rivalry this weekend when they meet in the AFC Championship game for a second straight season in what is sure to be another exciting clash with the two best teams in the conference. Now, JJ, the Chiefs, they've gone 0-3 against Joe Burrow and the Bengals with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They're going to try to change the narrative when they host them again on Sunday. Burrow and the Bengals, though, we just talked about them. They ripped through the bills in the divisional round, You're seeing Jamar Chase. You're seeing Joe Mixon starting to run with aggressiveness on the ground. And and really, they're pummeling their opposing defensive front sevens that the Bengals are facing. And so this is going to be a very high-powered game. Mahomes, Burrow, I think right now, J.J., Mahomes and Burrow, there's a strong argument to be had that for sure they're the top two quarterbacks in the game right now. Now there is debate as to who's number one between Mahomes and Burrow, but anytime you have two of these quarterbacks taking the field against one another in primetime, AFC Championship, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, I can't wait to watch this one unfold.
1: Man, this class here is going to be one of the best ones probably in a long time. Uh, right now, I have to, the Burrow is, is up one. You know, when it comes to him playing the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes, he's undefeated. And so I, I feel like this, this is a matchup with the chip and the team that's red hot in uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They're going against a team um, that's been the underdogs last week, but they, um, quite frankly, should have been the underdog. They should have been one of the top candidates to actually win the game last week. But, you know, this this game here, man, is is, is what you call playoff and high-caliber um, high football and playoff football, man. So this is a good one to watch. And um, I, quite frankly, I, you know, this game can go either way. You know, offensively, defensively, they both do a good job um, of, of doing what they're doing. and stand to their screens, stand to their strengths, and then you know, finding ways to capitalize off their weakness too. So, um, it's going to be a good one. Uh, I feel like the team, you know, that comes and and plays hard, make the less mistakes, can run the football, and um, can, can sustain sustain third downs, uh, is going to be a team to win.
0: I think when you factor in. Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain that he's going to play through on Sunday. And the edge rush that the Bengals have with Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. And then DJ Reeder in the middle, Logan Wilson at linebacker. And then you have guys like Von Bell in the secondary that are holding it down. I really like the Bengals here, JJ. I think I'm going to take the Bengals to win this one. They're 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, I just have a hard time picking against them on the big stage. The guy is playing lights out. When you have that trio of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and then how about the emergence of Hayden Hurst, the tight end, yeah. who they signed, who was a first round pick to the Baltimore Ravens, kind of underachieved there in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But man, he has rejuvenated himself in Cincinnati and has been a big part of that passing attack for Joe Burrow. But when it comes down to it, and you've alluded to this too, JJ, the team that has the most stable rushing attack, that is mm-hmm. able to control the time of possession, that is able to enforce their will on their opposition, is a team that is more than likely going to advance to the Super Bowl. And after seeing Joe Mixon and that banged up since the offensive line, and that's because they may be getting Kappa and Jonah Williams back for Sunday's clash, we don't know yet. But if they do, more power to them. I just was very impressed with how they just played physical from the start to the end. Seeing the defense shut down, limit big plays. They're going to have their work cut out for them against Mahomes. But, J.J., they have their number. They have the Chiefs' number. And until the Chiefs can prove that they can finally crack the code against Joe Burrow, I'm going to have to roll with Houday Nation here. So give me the Bengals thirty four thirty and what I think is going to be a high scoring game, but give me Joe Burrow to once again out duel Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, man, Sansi Sansi is scary right now, man. Um, Joe Burrow, man, he, he's playing elite ball right now. He he got the he got the confidence. He, he got the swagger. He has you know he he got it all. And they spread the ball around. Perfect. Joe Mixon is coming in and running. wild. and um. With a team like that, with the momentum they got to go down the road and beat the Buffalo, a, well, a good Buffalo team up in Buffalo the way they did, um, it's kind of hard to go against them. So I think since and, and I know I got my colleague, you know, Jared McKinnon and, and the things they do, but I've also had a high ankle spring and those things take some time and, 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 and it comes with. Um, just physically and mentally as well too. You know, to have that confidence to push and through. And I know he's used to be good. I know he had a lot of things in place to take care of that. But you don't you don't want to go into this game with anything or any type of lingering any um injuries or any sort that you're not a hundred percent. And uh, just because of that, man, I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going to go 24-20, um, Cincinnati Bengals to pull it off.
0: One last question here of this matchup. Who has more receiving yards on Sunday, J.J.? Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs or Jamar Chase for the Bengals? For me, I think it's going to end up being Jamar Chase. I think he's going to go over 120 yards. And the way he's been able to just blow the top off of defenses, he's playing, that synchronization between him and Burrow just continues to thrive. And while I think Kelsey is going to have himself a day as well, I think Chase has more receiving yards than Kelsey. What do you say?
1: Um, the way they're using Kelsey now, if you would say it touches, I would, I might would have said Kelsey, but due to the fact that I, um, uh, Kansas City defense, um, corner wise with the, with the rookie McDuffie, I feel like Jamar Chase is maybe a little too much to handle as far as yards wise. So I'm going to go Jamar Chase as well. Uh, if you would have said touches, I'm going Travis Kelsey all day. You know, who's getting the ball. You still can't stop him. We Still find the ways to get it. Um, And Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends to ever kind of play the game and find a ways to link and get those leaky yards and and fall forward. So um, if you would have said touches, I would have said Kelsey, but yards wise, I think just uh, competition wise, I think Jamar Chase is going to be a little too much for the Kansas City uh, cornerbacks to hold up. All
0: right. So JJ and I appear to be on the same page here for championship Sunday. We're both going with the Eagles and we're both going with the Bengals. So, If we're correct, J.J., we're going to have a Super Bowl in Arizona that features the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm excited, although the Cowboys are out of the dance, right? But when we're able to overlook that and get past the pain, right? These two games, we're going to be treated on Sunday. I can't wait to watch them. And it's been a pleasure to kind of breaking down these matchups with you on this podcast.
1: Yes, it has, man. I appreciate it. And like I say, I'm a little salt and bitter right now myself like I say my neighbor is a San Fran so I got to live with that until they play again maybe next year so uh the spice of that man I'm excited to watch championship football this week it's a great time uh for the NFL and for these teams um to go out here and showcase all the hard work all the adversity all of the injuries all of you know the time and the sacrifice that they're made to get where they're at it's timely fine to let back play ball and have fun, man. And and I think these fans, you know, we, we got a good showcase with since in the Chiefs and San Fran and Eagles as well defensively. So it's a great time to watch some good football. And um, my hat's off to all of these guys, well-deserved. Um, it's very hard to get to the playoffs alone, but to get to the championship week is something I haven't experienced, but I've talked and dealt with a lot of players that have, and it's a great time to enjoy and to soak it up and to have fun man so my hats off to those guys and a great time to watch playoff football
0: well at least jj as i was telling my mom i was like at least we can watch these games stress-free right we don't have to be on (laughs) the edge of our seat with the cowboys playing
1: (laughs) right 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 so um i feel like you know dallas you know they own a couple pieces away man but like i said you know we don't have to stress so of, of dallas you know taking an l this week and you know we will just go back to the drawing board and you know try for a better year next year
0: yeah well i think the the next step dallas needs to get to the uh nfc championship is bringing jj and i into that organization and <laughs> the personnel department you know we yes. can help them in the draft and do live podcasts from the star in frisco every weekend but you know jj i think it'll happen one day bro we just got to keep on uh chugging along but as always, brother, enjoy it. Looking forward to these games. Have a blessed rest of the week.
1: Hey, you too, man. Have a blessed week and looking forward to
0: it. So uh um, yep, have a blessed week, man. And 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 go for
1: Philadelphia and go Sensi.
0: Uh yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> but uh you know that I don't like them Eagles. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Blessings.
1: All right, blessing, brother.